1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super Costs. I'm John Abraham. With me is Damon McDonald. How's it going, Damon?
0: We are well. We are excited. We have lots to talk about today uh, in the world of New Japan. As it seems like we always do. It's, I don't think uh, I don't think we go I don't think we go into a show uh, with uh, not a lot to talk about, uh, especially now in G1 season. But um, listen, let's let's get this let's let's put a pause on the New Japan talk for one second. Congratulations, you got yourself a big win. It's coming home.
1: It's coming home. I know. this. Our first semi-final in the World Cup since 1990. And obviously at that time, I was pretty young. I was, what, three, four years old by then. So there is still a possibility that it's coming home. And this is a bit weird for me because it started as a joke, this whole football's coming home thing, because genuinely, English people, we thought we didn't have a chance. But now that it might actually be coming home, we don't know what to do with ourselves. And here's the thing. By the time we next speak, the final will have already happened. So you will either be hearing from an absolutely jubilant Joel whose dreams have all come true with England as world champions or uh, a very despondent Joel whose England have been knocked out in the, the semi-final or the final. And I'm in uh, a place called Bagan at the moment in Myanmar. I've been visiting a lot of Buddhist temples. And I don't know if this is really a sacrilegious, but... All these these Buddhist shrines that we go to, like my wife is Buddhist, so she says a little prayer. So I say a little prayer as well. So it's sort of general well wishes for family and things like that. But I've also been saying a lot of prayers for England to win the World Cup. And now, is that sacrilegious?
0: I don't think so. I, don't, I think many people do that. Um, I mean, uh, I, I guarantee you, in Philadelphia during uh, the Super Bowl run for the Eagles, there are many a church uh, Catholic. Baptists, you name it, whatever you know, uh, you know, you know temples and all across the city that were, uh, you know, I'm sure they had a, a special little moment for uh, a good luck for the for the football team. So no, uh, I don't think that's a, a bad thing at all. Because because uh, here's the thing, I think it, here's what I think sport does. I think sport does unite people, and even if you're not even a huge fan of the sport, right, on a big event like this, on a big stage, and especially when it comes to the, you know when it's countries that are involved, um, it's good. Because a lot of times, and correct me if I'm wrong, these fans would not necessarily be, you know, having some drinks together. Um, but it's the whole country as a whole. Can't beat that. It's fun. I, and here's the thing, I'm into it too. You know what I mean? Like, I'm watching these games. So, uh, if anything, I don't know, listen, I don't know if, if I'm a converted fan. I don't know if I'm going to be, you know, first in line for uh, tickets to go see, uh, uh, I don't know. West Ham, I don't know, um, but you know, you, you get my point. It's it's exciting. I I was, I, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for other people watching this, right? Because other people get charges, and um, you know, I feel bad when when their teams lose, maybe for a second or two, but it's fun. I'm liking it.
1: Okay, well, speaking of uh, brilliant things from England, uh, I understand that Best Joel sent you a delivery of crisps a while ago. Can you give us a quick update on your oh. adventure with English crisps?
0: I'll I tell you, we still have a few bags left, which is shocking in and of itself. Um, I had the, uh, Worcestershire sauce one. Um, that was all right. That was, that was an okay one. I'm, I'm still a fan of the prawn cocktail. I think that might be my favorite one. I, it's it's a weird taste. It's kind of like a, like a ketchup-y almost, you know, but a, but a little bit of spice. I don't know. I, I like that one. That one was really good. And of course, again, the smoky bacon is our favorite. Um, but then we had these others. You know what? I didn't bring the bag in, but they tasted like—I don't know—American kids would know what I'm talking about here. They tasted like—you have honeycombs in in England? The cereal? No, no. Okay, it kind of tasted like honeycombs. Um, for those Americans who are very familiar with the with the sugarized <laughs> cereals that we grew up on, um, it tasted kind of tasted like that, but it wasn't sweet, so it wasn't like a sweet honeycomb. Um, and, and and like, that's the only way I can describe that taste, right? That like the people who know what I'm talking about, they are like, I got it. People who don't know, they're like, and you can't describe it. It's not like, oh, it's a salty. No, it tastes like fucking honeycomb and it's, it's own distinct flavor. So, um, it's great, man. I tell you what, I got that package. I I was having a shit day and I saw the the, uh, guy drop it off at the door and I was like, oh, I think this might be it. And it came in like, uh, like a Pampers box, like like baby, like a, what do they call nappies? Um, is that supposed to mean something? Is I, that's what I thought? Throwing a bit of shade there. I, that's, what, that's what I was thinking. I was like, what? I was like, of all the boxes you're going to send us in, he's going to send it in that. I thought that was very odd and very. Um, I don't know. I, I think he was, uh, you know, casting shots over here. I don't know. Me being a child, I don't know. I don't. I don't do a good job wiping. I don't like what. <laughs> where is the joke? I don't. I don't know where it's at. Uh, but no, it's always that was that was a good day. And then of course the chocolates that came along with it were, were fucking great. Um, and and we still have a handful of those. But we we did. We went to a restaurant. Uh, we went to New York City last night, Joe. And um, I went to this restaurant. Like I'm not a big fan of food not being served on a fucking plate, right? I hate when like food is like served on, I don't know, a, a sh- in a shoe, and they're just trying to be fancy with it. Just like, just put it on a fucking plate, right? Um, so nine times out of ten, I'm not a big fan. You know how you get something? It's like an, in a little spoon, right? So the actual food is in like a like almost like a ladle type spoon, and, you, and you'll get like five of them on your dish. You know what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, I've seen things like this. There's a whole subreddit on, on Reddit dedicated to this uh, called "We Want Plates." I subscribe Which has got to the whole host yes So yeah. y- you
0: know what I'm talking about there's some ridiculous things out there right so anyway we got the spoon thing on this one thing but they were like these dumplings right It were like these it was like a gr- this is how it was described and this is how it tasted so as I'm describing trust me it tasted just like this a dumpling but it was like a grilled cheese right so somebody made like a really mini grilled cheese with the, with some of the best cheese I've ever had in my life. Um, so it's hot in the middle of the spoon and it's like this rich tomato soup around it. It sounds a little gross, tasted fucking amazing. I could I could eat these things all day long. And we So
1: and what, that we, was all we, inside the dumpling, the soup and everything.
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, so it, yeah, exactly right. Okay,
1: I can tell you about this. This is a a, a twist on a Shanghai dish called xiaolong Bao, which is one of my favorite things to eat in China. So when they make the little dumplings, they put little cubes of I think it's sort of jellified soup. And then when they steam them, the soup turns into liquid. So then when you eat them, it sort of pops in your mouth and you get a nice mouthful of soup and they're really wonderful.
0: That's what it was. Look at that. All right. So, uh, that's what I had a little bit of that. I saw a little drag,
1: small dragon bag is what it translates as. So there you go. You've learned something today.
0: I do. I feel good about myself. Uh, all right. So that was fun. And, uh, but yeah, I had a crazy weekend. I was just, I just, I was in complete self-destruct mode. And, uh, very little sleep, but eh, what the fuck? Let's do a podcast because we had some good shows and uh, fun stuff to talk about. Plenty to talk about this weekend
1: okay let's start off with a little treat seeing as you've been speaking about treats and i'm going to read just one uh itunes review. Really. this is the last one so if you want to get a little shout out on the podcast then leave us a review on itunes and we'll read your name out so uh, this is from uh, lee hendy 1988 i know this guy lee henderson He says a uh, must listen for all njpw fans very informative and so approachable to speak to via social media yeah that's me uh, perfect <laughs> way to keep up to date with everything njpw in between shows on nj world although food and drink talk ruins my diet every week so sorry about that that Lee. There's some good snack talk
0: today, so um, be strong. Yeah, hang in there, buddy, because you're going to be nice and nice and portly by me by the end of the you know end of our run here on the podcast world. So uh, don't let us spoil your diet. Stay, stay tough, stay true. Um, but yeah, there's no diet going on for Damon right now. That's for fucking sure.
1: All right, well, let's crack on then. A uh, big tough question. Start with Noah's oh. penis. As hey. per Damon's request, who's the hunkiest girl in NJPW? <laughs>
0: there are there aren't, Why aren't there women in New Japan? <laughs> there should be a female. We team. need a little jingle for that, don't we? <laughs> it's becoming a bit. Uh, come on, we got to get a production team on that. All right, so but if I'm going through the history of New Japan Pro Wrestling, I can do the history of right, and uh, we're looking for female involvement, right? Listen, how can you go wrong with Canalis, uh, right, Maria? She's I've I've always. She's always been top top three, at least, like all female performers in pro wrestling. I'm a huge fan of that. So I would go uh, with the Kingdom's uh, Maria Kanellis. I would, I would say that would be number one on my list. She's my hunky, is it Goyle? <laughs> like how it, it's Goyle. girl spelt with a U. Oh, that's what it is. That's what the kids do. That's right. My bad. All right. Well, listen. Well, thank you, Noah's Penis, for checking in. We always look forward to hearing from you. And uh, and your uh, hard hitting questions on, on New Japan Pro Wrestling. How about you, Joel? What you, where, where are you going with this? You're, yeah, I know you're going would... Bullet Babe, right? You're going Bullet Babe.
1: <laughs> no, no, no. I'm going with Miho Abe for taking care of our Lord oh. Taichi and keeping him
0: well. She is, she's fine. She yeah. is tremendous. Ah, uh, you know who? Who was the other one? Uh, was it Mal Chan? Is was her name?
1: I don't you remember. Know who that
0: is. She came out no. original. She was like the original one with with Takahashi. Um she would come out oh my god she was adorable and she has um she's done a, a book like one of those photo books um and she also did a video that i might have in my possession um oh she's adorable she's she is great and there was one time at corkham where she was there and she sat like maybe like eight seats away like eight, we were on the on the um bleachers but it's about eight, eight seats away and i was just like oh she's just so stunning she really is she's unbelievable so yeah you know what she might She's my number two. I'll I'll put her at number two, Maria. How about that?
1: Okay, yeah, that's a good shout. Uh,
0: I'd also like to give a formal
1: apology to modern DIY legend Chaz Monroe, who was the guy who, uh, the the person who sent me the pyramids that I mentioned last week. Uh, You know, with the the twink and the bear and the the hunk thing. Mm -hmm. So, shout out to him, and by virtue of that, is now our official LGBTQ consultant for the show. So, thanks very much, Chaz Monroe, for your help.
0: We definitely need that. I mean, you know what I mean? like yeah, we
1: really do. I feel <laughs> we don't like know what the fuck we're talking no, about.
0: No, really. That is not our wheelhouse. But uh, listen, it's always good to, to uh, refer to someone much more knowledgeable on the subject and, and our uh, new council. So good. All right, I, I, I approve that. Done. Didn't have did that we... on the PuraCast, did you, Damon? What's that?
1: What's that? You didn't have that on the PuraCast. PuraCast didn't have an, <laughs> an official LGBTQ <laughs> consultant.
0: No, no, we didn't. That's for sure. Um no, Colin would edit any reference of that out. <laughs> be no problem. Um, no. Uh, in all honesty, it's uh, yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's. Uh, I think everybody's having uh, a good time, and uh, we're able to talk freely. And I think the conversation is fantastic. So uh, definitely an upgrade there, no doubt. Okay, awesome. Um,
1: interesting question here from uh, Pete at Comms underscore Pete, who also mentions that he got into DMAs earlier this year after you praised him ah, on a show.
0: Yes. Good job, right? I, uh they have, His- um, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm cutting you off. No, no. You you go ahead, mate. No, oh, I, I just get all excited because they're they're probably the one band right now that I'm so into. Um, that and they're from Australia and uh, Sydney, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, man, I you, you know how you just have like I'll have Spotify on pretty much all day when I'm when I'm working. Right. I I just there's something about music that. I think it's something chemical. I don't think – I know it is. It's something chemical where I just need it. I, there's not a day that goes by that I don't have it on. Um, it soothes and yet ex, excites and inspires, and again, I think it's something chemical. Anywho, um, they, they came like, – Spotify does a really good job of like you make a playlist and then it'll just keep going based off of the artists that are in that playlist um and they popped up and it was like one of those things where it's just like you're listening to it and you're like what the fuck is this "This you know and it just connects and then next thing you know oh let me listen out again now you really listen oh my god this is great boom now you now you're in you're checking out the album i kid you what joel for me i'm listening to this one i'm like every song is great and i'm like what the fuck so now i'm looking more about them and then uh, you know apparently liam gallagher um had had Know, known of them and talked of them, and they're, you know, the, you look online and articles comparing the two bands, and ah, they're just—I mean—they're young, and but they sound—they have that sound that I love. They have that sound that I love. Uh, in the moment is a great song. Um, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, Play it out. Play it out is also a, oh, a favorite of mine. Uh, they do a cover of Shares. Uh, do you believe in love after love? But it's great. You know, it's, it's really a great uh, cover. It's like an acoustic-y cover. So, yeah, DMAs, good job. Well done, listener. Who was that? Do you know who that was again? Uh, yeah, it was
1: um, comms underscore Pete. But he's also got a question for you. He says, what song would be your entrance music if you were a wrestler? And his would be Bring It On Down by Oasis.
0: Oh, this fucking guy. That's a good one. That's not a bad one. I don't know if I would go. You know what I would do? I would, uh, you know the band The Prodigy. Right? they did uh fire I love Starter. the Potigi. oh yes okay well they have an instrumental and I think it was used in a movie like a comic book movie but I forget which one it was um but it's it's just an instrumental but it's like all kind of horns right it's like and then the drums kicking it's great like I was just like I forget the name of it though um I never get what an album, but maybe I'll link to it someday. I'll send it to you. That's I would come after that. I would. I think that's just a, just a go, fucking great, pump up. Let's go, kind of entrance theme. Yeah, I would go that. way. I forget the name of the song, but it's by Prodigy and it's in that movie. I guess they're like sea level superheroes. Um, ah, fuck me, I don't know. Um, you know what? I did see um, one complete. There's a really good Prodigy
1: song called. Yeah. Oh saw, what the uh, one where you forget people's yeah, names.
0: Yeah, right. And they're like, "Well, help us out. Give us clues." And I'm like, "I can't even do that. I'm such a look like ugh. uh but okay, Prodigy song, song instrumental. It's in the movie. Uh it might be is that was it in Superbad? No, was it wasn't in Superbad. I right, fuck me. I don't know, but I'll I'll get a link to it and you can listen to it. How about you, brother? How about you?
1: Well, no, you mentioned The Prodigy. There is one really good song off there. The, that album you're referencing, The Fat of the Land, called Narayan. I don't know if it's the song you're referring to, but that is an absolute banger. That will make a great entrance theme. Yeah. But I'm a massive geek, right? And I listen to a lot of uh, video game music and I like the kind of retro video game stuff as well. So the Streets of Rage 2 soundtracked, by Yuzo Koshiro, has got some amazing tracks on it. So it would depend if I was a face or a heel. If I was a heel, I'd be going with a the boss theme, which is called Never Return Alive. And if I was a face, I'd be going with the, the music from Stage 1, which is called Go Straight. So
0: check those out, and, and you'll get a feel for them. All right. There you go. And I, hey, I checked out your band, too, by the way. I did, I did a little research on them, played a couple songs. I mean, they're good. I mean, I mean, it's not for me, right? It's not my kind of thing um but uh yeah i mean i think they were good I, I i know we got a lot of feedback from other people saying oh i saw this band and and it's funny that you're mentioned in this band so i did see all that so um good listen music brings us all together right there's and there and the best part about it is is that there is a uh, taste for everyone almost like the world of pro wrestling joe almost like the world of pro wrestling what a smooth segue you should be doing the hosting here no, certainly not. I, I don't have the – the problem is if, if I did it and, – and and it's funny because one of the first conversations we ever had when we, when we were talking about doing this show was, look, I, can, you got to be able to, to, as I call it, drive the boat because I'm all over the place. Like I'm really scatterbrained, and I don't do a good job of – I can't say – it's not the, the prep work. It's more of – I'm more of, uh, okay, let's turn on the mics and let's talk and let's let it flow. And but you can't always do that. You you get you know. Sometimes it comes out great, and then other times it turns out shit. So I'd rather have consistency of very good, as opposed to excellent. And kind of like my life, right? I have elevens and I have minus twos. So it's like everything kind of plays into all of that. All right, Uh, but yes, there you go.
1: Okay, so let's transition slowly into the world of professional wrestling and New Japan in particular. I've got a question from at Wrestling Ratings. He asked, "What to do if I'm taking a family trip to Japan slash Tokyo that happens to be in January 2020, but no one else probably knows what NJPW is yet? Sneak away, or try and make some people fans in the next year and a half? He's still in college, so I'm not really allowed in on the decisions for the group. Mm, got any advice okay.
0: for? I'll give I'll give some advice. I think because this is a, this is an absolute you know, this is a trouble because, you know, for me, I was very fortunate in the sense of, you know, what if if this makes you happy, go, and you know, if you are okay with me staying home, I am not going to go. You go do your wrestling thing. And this is me, and my wife's conversation. So I am um, very happy and 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 lucky. I am a lucky guy when it comes to that. A lot of people don't have that, so they got to bring either you know a, a girlfriend or a wife or um, or vice versa. Maybe the wife wants to go, and the husband's like, I don't know what this is. Um, or kids, or whatever. Here's my advice: If you're going January, obviously you're going Dome season, right? Go to the Dome. Take everyone to the Dome. And again, you try not. You're not going to get the best seats. Don't worry about that. That's not the point. Because the Dome show, truth be told, is. A, I mean, listen, it's a pro wrestling show, but it is more like a concert than anything else, right? Or a, a, an event. Um, you're going to have a couple beers, you're going to have, you know, whatever, the hot dogs, whatever you got to do. But it's more of a concert, the lights, the sounds, the energy. That's the vibe that it is. So, you know, I always tell my wife, you know, if we go again and we go back to the dome, not if, when, um, she'll, she'll go to the dome shows. Now, again, don't drag them to fucking Cork and Hall, right? Don't drag them the first ring. Uh, don't drag them to the Shinjuku face. Take them to the fucking dome. And then, you know, maybe you can hit another wrestling show solo, right? Have them go shopping or, you know, m- m- pay for a massage, right? <laughs> right? <laughs> um, you know, that's pretty familiar in our lives. Um, so, yeah, just, just compromises. And the good news is, is that you're in the city of Tokyo, so there's so much to fucking do. They're not going to get bored. Um, so that would be my advice. Do the dome. Do another show for yourself. But, again, uh, in- get them incorporated that way. That's probably the best way to go.
1: Yeah, my advice would be to, you've got lots of time, time is on your side, so be honest and lay your cards on the table and speak to whoever's in charge, mum, dad, whatever, and say, look, I'm really into this New Japan pro wrestling thing, this is a once in a lifetime opportunity for me, I really want to go to this show, um, it would be cool if you guys would come with me, so would you like to try and share in my passion and sit and watch a few matches with me, and maybe we can do some bonding together, that's the angle that I would approach it at.
0: Yeah, I tried that. At that uh, I got to be honest, I'm going I'm I'm to give the guy from advice, I'm, uh, from, from practical, true experience. Have you ever done that with the missus? Have you ever done that?
1: Yeah, Mally sat through most of Wrestle Kingdom 11 in chunks, but then she said, look, I, I get why you like it, but this is not for me. But on the other hand, my dad's, Watched a few matches as well, and he was kind of into it. And I guess the dynamics are different here because, given that the the person who's written this question isn't in the decision making process, I think you've got to approach it from a, a different angle there. And I will go with a "Hey, let's do some bonding" kind of thing.
0: Okay, I tried that. It didn't work for me. And and um, so I I actually have a rule of don't take like if like if if they're not a fan, right? Because a dream scenario would be, oh, my my girlfriend or my wife is into the product, right? So that we're both fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling, like that's a great thing, right? But if they're not f- fans out of the gate, I, I I'm gonna t- I'm gonna say something that's going to be a li- I'm gonna give you a hot take. Let me give you a Damon hot take, and I'm talking about practical, real life fucking experience. All right, don't take your girlfriend to a pro wrestling show. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, don't fucking do it. One, they really don't want to be there. They're there for you, right? Two, you're gonna spend more time being, hey, you're all right, you're good, okay, than enjoying the fucking show. Or you're gonna be a dick and not do that and just be like, fuck you, I'm enjoying the show. Three, uh, I don't know, just I can't think of like a good time that that's ever happened. Like it's just never been like a good experience for me. Never. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah and and I hear I hear people going yeah tell that sabu story. I ain't telling the sabu story, right? Um you know Patreon Yeah, that honestly the sabu story is 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 a uh it is a podcast in and of itself and it is a legit true true honest to god story. Um as 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 God is my witness. I have people that can verify every bit of it. Um that are just a tweet away. So uh but yeah, I don't know if I mean, it's just a wacky story. It's just a, it's just a story, but it's a story of my life that that absolutely at the time impacted it big time. Um, so no, I don't think it's a good idea. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think it's a good idea. So um, I mean, I took my wife to to Cork and Hall, and we left three matches in because there was a spot where you know somebody does a dive over the top rope and literally lands and, and smashes out the chair that she was sitting in. And she was like, hey, what the fuck? I'm out of here. I ain't sitting here for this. I'm an adult woman. I'm going to get a 200-pound wrestler, jump on my lap. Um, so again, I, I've never had a good experience with it. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, I'm going to give you the opposite of Joel's advice and say not to do that. No, don't do the bonding. Do, let's have a good time at Wrestle Kingdom. Have fun. I would not take her to a small show. If, if if she's not a fan or he's not a fan, I would not do that. Okay, thank you for that advice.
1: There, um, question here from at Mister United Twenty Eighteen, uh, Zack Saber Junior versus Okada is the best match I've seen live and one of the best matches I've seen on British soil. What is the best match you guys
0: have seen live? Uh, me live was uh, Omega and uh, Okada at the Dome, Wrestle Kingdom. That was probably the best match I've ever seen live. For me. I would probably say well
1: I've got to say the seven star classic from Dominion given oh, I went to you. Wrestle Kingdom and Dominion this year so uh, Okada Omega probably takes top spot but um, not f- too far behind I really really enjoyed the Goto against Suzuki match for the never title at Wrestle Kingdom this year that was my favourite match on that whole show I don't know there was something that really resonated with, with me something sort of quite emotional about it um, I don't know I can't really a- articulate it very well but I
0: really enjoyed that match that would probably be my second favourite that's not bad. Yeah, I mean, and and it's, it's, what's funny is is that people going into that match, I don't know if they were super excited, but yeah, that picked up that opening spot where you know he's kind of choking them on the rope, you know, standing on the turnbuckle, choking them out, and then go to kind of find a way to fight back. Yeah, yeah I, 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 that's up there. Um, I saw a liger match. But no, well, you know, I saw a lot of um, a few independent matches that were pretty good. Like I saw uh, a lot of ECW stuff too, like Rey Mysterio and Psychosis. Eddie Guerrero, uh Benoit, um there's a there's a there's a there were a lot of ECW shows that were really fucking great. Um I saw I, I saw uh Steamboat and Luger uh on a on a show in Philadelphia which was tremendous. I'll never forget that match. That was really good. Uh, I saw Flair and Funk um and again I'm giving you live matches. I saw Pillman and and Liger. Uh, at the Meadowlands that was pretty good um so yeah I'd probably go around there those, those were probably some of the best ones I've seen Joel Goodhart used to the, the what was before, the ECW before so Joel Goodhart charged um you know he, you know that whole story everybody knows that story so these Joel Goodhart shows in Philadelphia they were pretty um they were pretty great they had some 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 awesome I saw cactus Jack versus uh Eddie Gilbert that was probably some of the great ones and then the Ring of Honor stuff I mean that I mean, I low key and 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 uh, uh, AJ and and, and Brian Danielson and Punk and Samoa Joe, like all oh, those matches were fucking tremendous. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've probably seen a lot of good live stuff, but you know, I guess I, I would absolutely say Kenny versus uh, Kenny versus Okada is probably my favorite live.
1: Okay, uh, let's get into the news roundup. Then we've got. A match announced for All In. We've got Kazuchika Okada against Marty Skull. Now, this has been quite divisive online. Some people really looking forward to it. Some people writing it
0: off as trash. Where do you
1: stand wow. on that, Damon?
0: I don't. Why would they write? Why, I don't get the trash part. Why? Why would that be trash? Why it's a mixture of
1: things. One, I think there's a lot of people who are not into Marty Skull, particularly the comedy character. And two, people are disappointed because they wanted a bigger match for uh, Okada. There was some talk of. People hypothesizing Okada against uh, Pentagon Junior or something what? along
0: those lines. Who that's never going to happen. Why would that? Who, why like? Do you, well, do he's you, booked uh, on the show, isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Great. Doesn't. I, that, I mean. I mean that. I. I. I mean, of all the people on the show, I'd be like, that's. Probably the last guy I would say he would be in a match with with Okada. Not to say that he couldn't do it. I mean, it would be a great match. I'm just talking about the the, the logistics of it. I, I mean, you know, I don't know. I, I can't imagine. No, that's no. Um, I mean, Skrull is a guy who you're going to. He's going to be able to lose. He can afford to take the loss, right? Um, it's and it's a singles match, guys. You know, singles matches don't don't fall off of trees, man. And you're getting it in the states and and it's going to be good but what, what, people don 't think Marty squirrels good
1: yeah I think I think people there's a lot of people who are not keen on his wrestling ability,
0: huh where are
1: you stand? Where are you at I think when he gets that tap on the shoulder, he can go. you just yeah. look at was it the that system actually had with Osprey? That was wild. it was great, yeah. so I appreciate he does seem to have turned it down a bit when uh he is working the multi-man tag matches, which is fine. I like the comedy character. I like Marty Scott. I'm a fan. So I'm giving a thumbs up to this match. I think it will yeah, be good. I, I,
0: I think so, too. I don't think you're going to get comedy. You're, you're not getting comedy in this match. Like, you might get a, 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 a little bit. Uh, I don't get it. No, I think it'll be fine. I, I, I mean, listen, would I want, like, a Tanahashi Okada of course? I mean, Christ almighty, yes. But being realistic, and, you know, and what these shows deliver... Even though we just came off a Zack Saber Jr. O'Connor match that was pretty fucking great, um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I don't have a problem with it at all. I don't think it's. I don't think it's going to be bad at all. I'm, I'm kind of shocked at that actually. Okay, all right.
1: Yeah, I would say it's a match that you're not going to see in New Japan because Marty is penciled in as a junior heavyweight, so they are not likely to be seeing each other in singles action anytime soon. And I don't know if there's something to be said for obviously. Harold May or Gedo are not going to want Okada to burn a huge singles match that they could use down the line for their own product. And also, I'm not sure if Cody and the Young Bucks necessarily want to put Okada in a a massive match against another huge high profile heavyweight that's going to go 40 plus minutes and blow the doors off of everyone because... The show's about them, really, isn't it? So do you think there's something to be said about the Bucks and Cody not wanting Okada to steal their thunder?
0: Um, I think their main goal is, is to put on a show that will be great, right? By any means necessary. Um, you know, and, and if you go up and down that, that lineup and, and who's involved in that show, I mean, Marty Skrull is, is involved, is a key member of of all of it, right? So... No, I don't think it's a. I don't think Cody or 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 Okada is sitting in the back, you know, scheming, being like, "Well, they can't steal any of our thunder." I think they're just trying to put on the best show that they possibly can. Um, no, I, I, mm, I. No, I don't. I don't. I don't understand the backlash. But hey, um, it, it is a. It, I don't want to say a mid card match, but it's a you know l- lower main event type match. Um, that's fine. I mean, look, the stars of the show is it's Cody. It's a Cody show. It's an Omega show, and it's a Buck show. We know this. Um, I don't know why people are shocked by that. That that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Okay. Uh, next question.
1: Then um, I saw this from the At Voices Wrestling Twitter account. NJPW will return to Long Beach on September the 30th for Fighting Spirit Unleashed and debut in Anaheim with a Young Lion led the Lions Break shows on November 10th and 11th. So they're returning to the West Coast again. Now, looking at the Cow Palace ticket sales, they're looking at roughly a gate of $800,000. So it's understandable why they come back so soon in September, even if they're making half of that. But what do you think of this? Are they being overly cautious?
0: Um, the, it, the, the the biggest challenge is, is that they can't do a great job promoting stuff in advance because of just storyline factors and there's shows to be had and all that. Um Truth be told, I really would love to see them come outside of this area, that that area. Um, from what I understand, you know, from multiple people, was that Madison Square Garden show, um, you know, that was going to be a heavily, um, a heavy-influenced New Japan show. I mean, I don't know if necessarily it was going to be a New Japan pro wrestling show like we have here, but um, it was going to really be as close to a New Japan show as 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 we could be with having another promotions involvement ring of honor um but yeah i'd like to see an east coast day i think that i think there's a more not not to say there's more of an audience but it's just a new fresh audience that can't always get out to the west coast um that's a good that's a good gate though that's a good number i mean all things considered um I, there were a lot of empty seats um at the cow palace but that's a good that, that's you know correct me if I'm wrong, but it's like the second highest gate and the second highest, um, you know, independent show attendance That's that'll be this year, right? Probably behind All In, right? And maybe that Ring of Honor show in, in WrestleMania weekend, right?
1: Yes. Uh, we'll discuss the performance and ticket sales of the Cow Palace show later on. I just wanted your thoughts on these shows that they've announced um, okay. coming back so
0: soon. Well, yeah, listen, uh, do it. Why not? You know, I, I, I just, you're not going to burn out the area, it, and and I tell you this: the people that went to this event, this this most recent one, um, I'm guaranteeing you they left with a smile on their face. Um, so yeah, they just got to do a good job of promoting it. Honestly, I don't have a problem with with them coming back in September. Um, they just got to do a better job of. of of promoting it because i don't think they did a great job of promoting these cow Palace shows okay and last point here before we get stuck into the
1: actual wrestling shows themselves this is something that you sent me actually on whatsapp it was comments from one kota ibushi speaking about his relationship with kenny omega and he says and i quote it's a real life anime quote unquote your name our hearts move the same way together I guess everybody wants to say, we're a couple, and then he laughs. I don't know whether it's as simple to express as that. We're two people that share one heart. That's what I want to say. Which, of course, brings us on to my favorite segment
0: of the week. And now it's time once again for Joel states that wrestlers are in a relationship as if it was a verifiably proven fact, when it's more so just his idealized fantasy based on hearsay.
1: So, after hearing all of that, if you still want to come at me with the,
0: oh, Kenny and
1: Ibushi, they're just mates, and there's no proof that they're actually in a relationship, I don't want to hear it. I've got tons, <laughs> tons here, and I'm entitled to my uh, fantasy, if you want to call it that. So, as far as I'm concerned, that's legit. And that is what I want to believe, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Sorry. That's true.
0: <laughs> That's right. There's more there's more here than just uh two guys uh going to the batting cages. All right. Uh like I mean, I, I you know what that- I, I saw someone on Reddit going absolutely
1: bonkers, raging about this saying, oh it's disgusting about people discussing, uh, speculating on their sexuality and their personal lives and trying to drag them out of the closet against their will. It's like, excuse me can you see the sort of uh, story that they're trying to tell? And if this is really, if there's no truth to this whatsoever and I'm such a mark that I'm believing it, do you think either Kenny Omega or Kota Imbashi are going to be upset to hear that I believe their story so much that I think they're a legitimate couple? Do you think they're going to go, oh what are you doing dragging me out of the closet no yeah. I think they'd be delighted that if this is just a story that they're such
0: brilliant storytellers that I buy it and that's my take I think that's exactly I think it's exactly right right if it's not then okay great yeah they're doing a they're, do, they're doing you know academy award-winning performances um you know because you know I think I think uh you know even the blindness of person to that could could kind of see that even if it is just a total work and if it's not, then I mean, God Almighty, we're we're living in a great age of you know we're 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 opening our eyes uh, to to something that's that's pretty you know unprecedented in 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 pro wrestling. So that's that's a great thing. So I mean, I think it's a win win all the way. I, I here's another win. We get great production value now. <laughs> we we, got, we have sounders and 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 musical interludes and. Uh, and not for nothing, an ongoing bit with us. So I think uh, it's a win all around. So whoever that person was, they can get right up the fucking street. Because, um, the, the, I mean, it, to lose your mind over something like that, it's, you know, geez, Louise. And even if, you know what, and even if it's not, eh, we're having a good laugh. It's a good time. It's good fun. Exactly. And I've had some people enjoying
1: these segments and Andrew Rich's jingle so much that they want them as ringtones. I think it was uh, Nicole Reddo who wanted those. So get in touch with your man at Andrew T. Rich. I always say, creative genius. Um, one day he is going to go on to incredible things. He's going to be snapped up by a wrestling company and is going to be creating magic for them. So uh, enjoy his stuff while it lasts, uh, while it's free on the Super J Cast.
0: Yeah, yeah, and, and on music know music of you... the map. Yeah, and and I and I've yet to get the invite for music of the map. By the way, just just FYI, I just want to make that point be known. But that's okay. You know, listen. Sorry, right. it doesn't hurt my feelings at all. Don't worry, I don't feel left out. Womp, womp. All right, what else we got here, Joel? We got a crazy okay, show. Let's get
1: into it. Strong Style Evolved UK Night 2, which we have both seen, correct? Mm-hmm. That is correct, yes. So yes. my first question for you off the bat is, did these feel like Rev Pro shows or New Japan Pro Wrestling shows? Because I saw a hilarious tweet by Chris at Great Bash Hill. He said, RevPro Pro filming their biggest ever show with a ringside camera that has fingerprints on the lens is some high-level <laughs>
0: Brit rest shit. <laughs> well, look... Again, I'm not going to criticize the promotion RevPro f- for getting these shows up as quickly as possible. That I truly appreciate. I'm sure they burnt the midnight oil, editing as best as possible, trying to get the sound as best as possible. Um, and I know people are like, Yeah, really? I know, I know. Um, and you know, dirty fingerprint on the lens aside, uh, I do appreciate the fact that they they did go up relatively quickly. That being, and especially on the network, you know, they got them on, on New Japan Network very quickly, too. Um, the second night, a little longer, but <laughs> whatever. Um, my, so so I can't I can't judge them too harshly for that. The flip side of that is this. These are really important fucking shows, right? Uh, did they feel like a New Japan show? Hmm. No, from a production value standpoint, that's for sure. But from a listen, you got singles matches between New Japan people, which never happened on the on you know these world or world shows with Ring of Honor. That's for fucking sure. Never got it. You never you never got an Ishi versus uh, Suzuki. You never got a Zack versus Okada. Um, so you know, production values aside um you got yourself as close to a a a new japan show than going to you know taking a flight to tokyo and getting a in in a plane and and going there so mm, again production values no ring action you probably did you probably got yourself a new japan show
1: okay well let's get into the matches themselves and uh, listener Daz Carding has given me a brilliant rating system. Instead of stars, he is comparing each match to a particular brand and flavor of crisp based on his response to it. So we've got a crisp rating for each match here as we go. We open up with uh, the dominator, the great Okan, Tomoyuki Oka, who defeated Danny Duggan. Uh, Daz Carding rates this as ready salted walkers' crisps, as in pretty basic. So A week on, well, it hasn't been a week on; it's been a few days on. Uh, Damon, how are you feeling about the Great Okan gimmick? Are you still cold on
0: it? Very cold. I am. I am uh, ice cold. Uh, Yeah, it's going to be. uh, It's that one's going to be a tough one again because he. It it, it almost feels like he's playing the a a nineteen eighties evil foreign heel gimmick, right? With uh, you know the, the 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 you know, the, the chops and the and the thrusts to the throat and very 80s feel, very... It doesn't feel like a modern pro wrestling gimmick and it doesn't feel like modern pro wrestling uh, work rate-wise. Um, again, he is there to learn and learn new styles and learn new things. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to go in a time machine and go back in time. Uh, and that's really... That's my biggest complaint is, is that... This is a gimmick that really... I mean, we're we we we're going back in time. Uh, this is a very retro feel, and uh, I don't know if that really fits in right now in 2018.
1: I would say the match was boring. The style is boring with all the rest holes, and the nerve holes and the chop and everything. But we already know that Oka can wrestle. He can do the New Japan style and the suplexes, and he's got the work rate down pat. But this excursion is about him building his character work. And building a connection with the crowd. So my analogy would be that this is like baking a cake. The sponge is there, and the sponge tastes good. This is about putting the icing on the cake and the cherry on the top and the things like that. So um, I would say just give it the benefit of the doubt, like I said last time. And also, one other thing he does have going for him is a great pair of long boys.
0: <laughs> That's true. Uh, all right. Well, let me give you. Let me. Let's work with the cake analogy because we're good with cake analogies here. Um, so when are we ever going to get this flavor in a New Japan ring? So, again, he's working on character work. He's working on, you know, do you really see this, what you see here, or what, what again, where this might go and, and the growth of this particular gimmick and this particular thing that he's doing? Do you really see that translating well in Osaka Joe Hall, uh, Corken Hall?
1: Not this specific gimmick as it stands. I would say it's about the concepts. It's about eliciting certain reactions from the audience and knowing how to get the audience to boo in this particular example Uh, and being able to play to the crowds, knowing where the hard camera is and being able to emote certain feelings or expressions through his face. So I would say it's about that rather than is he going to be doing the exact same moves and spots as he's doing now when he returns from the excursion, because the answer would be no. I don't think he will be doing the gimmick as it stands. But like I said, it's mm. about the skills rather than the
0: output. Okay, fair, fair enough. I, I think that some of those skills, though, again, feel very antiquated. Um, and again, I know it is about evoking emotions, and it's not necessarily what he's, you know, what he's doing, but how he's doing. Right? Uh, it's not necessarily um what he says but how he says right i understand that um but yeah this this one again we're two we're two matches in uh and there's plenty more to go here but uh, this, this, this is this is tough 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 to kind of get past the fact then and, and remind yourself that this is what this is this is a learning excursion so um on a whole I'm a little sour on it right now
1: all right, next match then, Yuji Nagata defeated Shota Umino. Daz says this is ready salted, golden wonder, with a little bit more flavor than the Walker's variety. This is a match that I've seen loads of times. David, have you got any particular takes on this?
0: Yeah, it is a, it is a match that we've seen a lot. And But here's the thing. Um, we just talked about guys learning, and, and this is another example of guys learning, right? Nagata going in there and, and... I don't want to say wet nursing through a match. That's certainly not the case, but... Um, you know, there's, I think this was better than your than your average dad versus young lion match, right? I, I really felt like there there was a, a certain level of fire and a certain level of what Nagata um, gave him, right? As for as far as offense and and Nagata selling. I mean, at the end, you knew the end result, and that's fine. There's no no problem with that. But it's it was like you know, sorry oh,
1: to interrupt. It was like one of the Lionsgate project matches where you get a yeah. bit more than you would on a, a random
0: undercard. Yep, that's exactly what I have in my note. Yep, that's a, like a right it's a Lionsgate gate match. Um feel to it. Um so I so so then for me then that would mean that more than the standard what flavor crisp we talking here? He said this was golden wonder ready salted. Okay. I'm not familiar with that variety, but uh I'll I'll uh I'll give you, a, uh, I'll give you a, an American analogy with the crisps. How about that? Uh, these were not quite Pringles. I'll go Ruffles. These were Now, you know what these were? These were Lay's. They were definitely Lay's. This is, um, right, here we go. We're going to get Americana right here, kids. This is, you got your hoagie or sub or your, your, your grinder, wherever you are in the country. We call it the same fucking thing. But you got your Sam, Sunday. This is your Sunday sandwich, right, with the bag of crisps. These are Lay's. These are Lay's. not even barbecue. Plain Lay's potato chips is what you got right there. All right, there you go. There's a little, see? See how I weave that in there? See, you think you can just steal this whole British crisp thing. We got the crisp here. We call them chips, but yeah, it's you know, fine. We got it. Whatever. Bring it in, David. I love
1: it. Thank you. Thank you. Let's man. see w- what you got in your lunchbox for the next match. We've got Suzuki-gun team of El Desperado, Takashi Izuka, and Yoshinobu Kanamaru defeated the Chaos team of Gado, Toriano and Yoshihashi. Daz likens this to paprika flavored Walkers Max, lively and packed punch. Do you agree? Mm.
0: Yeah, I do. I love how Suzuki Gun is or, 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 or the king of the, the, the king of England, right? They, the, I, you know, to me, they are the most over um, over there, and 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 it really feels like they they like the experience. I mean, given Suzuki it seems like every other month he's over there <laughs> doing something. Um, and El Desperado, and so it, yeah, a a nice brawl, um, steady action, steady pace. Um, I liked, I'm, I, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't have any problem if Suzuki Goon kind of just stayed there for a while, right? And just did interesting shit in Rev Pro. I think that would be really fun and really, really, really good. Um, You know, if Suzuki wanted to say, you know, let's spend a month there. Just, you know, have some fun and what have you. When am I ever going to do this in my life? And somebody joins him, you know, I think it would be great, actually. Uh, British heavyweight. Oh, oh, sorry. I don't want to say that out loud. Uh, Possible British heavyweight champion. (laughs) don't want to give away spoilers. Um I it's think it'd be you bring I think it'd up, be fun. you
1: know. Um, we had a point here from a listener, JDM, at Option on Score zero, who mentioned the concept of each faction getting an outside territory as a secondary fan base. So Bullet Club in the USA, Suzuki Goon in the UK, Chaos in Australia, New Zealand, and LIJ in Mexico. So what would you say to something like that? I think
0: it's, yeah, I mean, yeah, that kind of is already, right? Don't you kind of see, don't you kind of feel that? You know, if, if, you know, United States, I would say definitely Bullet Club, right? And again, when I when I look at these Rev Pro shows and and, uh, and other other, sh- it's you know, Suzuki Goon really. It seems like that's their faction, like they they've taken to them. So I don't think that's far off. I'm kind of on the same page with that. So maybe we can look at the
1: people on excursion and make some predictions. So Oka could be destined for Suzuki Goon and Kira Kawato could be Lij bound.
0: Well, get yeah, me if I'm wrong. If I remember back, he was always. Um, I don't know. There was. I know that um, Rapungi three K was. They were kind of like the guys too that were kind of um, uh, Los Ingobernables favorites. So I wouldn't be surprised. I, if I'm not mistaken, there was some interactions between them at times. Um, yeah, why not? Uh, let you know. I, but I like the idea of different countries kind of having their own factions. I kind of or secondary factions. I kind of like that. I think it's fun.
1: All right, cool. Uh, next match, we've got Walter defeated Yujiro Takahashi. Uh, Daz says this is nice and spicy knickknacks, massive flavor, and a big hit for the taste buds. So what did you think of this match?
0: Yep, I loved it. This one, and here's the thing. This might have been the best Takahashi match I've seen in months, right? Um, and going into it, you, you wouldn't think so. Um, the difference of styles was was fun. And not for nothing, Takahashi his chest was a mess <laughs> during this match. I actually felt bad for the poor guy. Um yeah, the, the look, I don't think there's any I don't think there's any question in my mind that we'll be seeing Walter in a new Japan Pro Wrestling ring sooner than later. I can't imagine um that not not happening at this point. He uh he had some strong showings on these shows at the very least And I think, uh, again, I'm always amazed at what people give other wrestlers in in certain scenarios. And, again, on paper, you looked at it, and there was a definite clash of styles. um, Pardon the pun. But, um, yeah, I would would say I like this match a lot. I like Takahashi giving him more than I thought Um, and giving him his chest so frequently to get lit up. Uh, And I think Walter has a job. I have nothing confirmed, but I I can't imagine talks haven't already occurred. um, And I wouldn't be surprised if we see him before the calendar year ends.
1: Yeah, fingers crossed. That'll be excellent. Um, This match reminded me a bit of the Jeff Cobb, Chase Owens match from the CEO show in that it looks like a mismatch on paper, but the smaller heel did enough crafty work to make it look like a credible contest um, and in this case it was Yujiro working Walter's knee and I think Walter did a great job selling that and making the match look competitive yeah. um, next match then we got Tai uh, Taichi defeated Will Ospreay uh, it seems that Taichi won over a few wow. people here judging by the comments I received Ben G said the crowd was split on him which is I think, a huge leap from last year when pretty much everybody across the board hated him. Daz says this match was like skips. Uh, Nice initial flavor, but then melts away. Uh, What I would say to you, Damon, is that Taichi's got a lovely pair of tits and he he was jiggling them fantastically in this match. So did that enhance your enjoyment? What do you think of this match?
0: I didn't notice that, Sure, I'll be honest with you. I don't have anything about tits in my notes. Um, Here's what I'm surprised at. Again, on paper, when you see the idea and the promise of Osprey losing to tai Chi, it's very easy to lose your head and be like, how the fuck can this possibly happen? And, and why would they do this and all that? I do want to remind people, we have a dynamic in that ring of a heavyweight and a junior heavyweight, right? Remember, tai Chi's a heavyweight. And he's not going to lose to a junior heavyweight. It's not going to happen. Right? Name me, name, me a, name me an instance where that's happened in a New Japan ring in a one-on-one scenario. In the past, I don't know, three years, four years, five years? I'm, I'm, I'm hard-pressed to think of one. If anyone can help me, by all means... I'm sure. Listen, I'm, by the way, when hey you do, asshole. Sure, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's what I want. It has to be done that way. It has to be done the proper way. It has to. We have to be addressed properly. Uh, but you know, that's that's the case. And when when that pinfall happened, trust me, I was like, what? You know, on on the surface. But then after I got done, you know, ready to jump out a window, I uh, you know I looked, and, it's, and that that's what we got. That's what we got. So, even though it is a Rev Pro ring, um, yeah, I mean that's that's what we got. And you know, here's the thing too. I I still think Joel, in my heart of hearts, that Tai Chi is going to wind up in this G one. Something's going to occur. Something's going to happen in injury, whether it be a worked injury or possibly a legit legit injury where a guy can't go, and they're going to get subbed out. I don't know why. I just have this real, real, And a lot of times, it's like, if a guy gets hurt in G1, they just say, okay, well, that's a forfeit. Like, I remember Nakamura being hurt for a few matches uh, in a G1 a few years ago. It was shoulder, I think it was. And those matches were just wins for those people, right? By forfeiture. Um, I just got this really weird fucking vibe that... Tai Chi's going to be in this G1. There is just, You know why? Because there's too much talk about it with him being upset that he's not in it. And I, I, That's really what it comes down to. You just hear at every breath and every turn that, oh, he's not in it. Oh, he's pissed off he's not in it. That it feels like he's going to be in it. So, um, they, yeah. The Osprey match was good. Fine. A um, little too much stalling. A little too much Tai, tai Chi nonsense. But um, it was fine. And, and Will Osprey's always great.
1: Yeah, it was interesting that we had these guys who you could say are on the bench as far as the G1 goes in singles action. So we had Taichi against Will Ospreay. We had Chase Owens against Jeff Cobb. We had Yujiro Takahashi against Walter. So I wonder if that was management's way of saying, okay, go on out there and work a match where you're the underdog, but make it credible. So I think you could be onto something there. Uh, I really like this. Obviously, I'm a Taichi fan. And this was a little taste of G1 Tai Chi. And I think it would be a welcome addition because you need to have that person. I've said it before you need that person who is the quote unquote night off for certain wrestlers. So you have Yano on one side of the block, you have Tai Chi on the other side of the block. And they're different. You're going to get different styles, you'll get different uh, comedy spots, different creative ways for Tai Chi to make it interesting. And also, I should mention here about Will Osprey and how selfless he is. Because this is a guy. Whatever you say about him, he is not afraid of putting anybody over.
0: Yeah, yeah that 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 does say something. Um, look, uh, you know, he didn't. He uh, not that he, to, to say that there would even be a lot of arguing in 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 the back even when you know they found out who was going over. But yeah. I think that that's exactly the case of what you just described of guys being asked to put guys in in a better spot and and whether it be for the future or for right now. So yeah, I, I but again, I still I still there's something in me that just says Tai Chi's going to wind up in this G1. I I I wouldn't if you're a fan, I would not lose hope. I would not lose hope.
1: Well, there'll definitely be a party down my end if he does get announced. Um <laughs> So next match we got David Starr defeated El Phantasmo, Taiji Ishimori, and Tiger Mask. We had some listed input here Kira said, Looks like Tiger Mask knows his last trip to the UK as he seemed to say an extended goodbye. Sean said that Walter and El Fantasma were the two standouts from RevPro and seemed to have the most buzz about them at the end of the show. Ben G says the crowd were really into Tiger Mask, and by the end, El Phantasmo got himself over hugely and would love to see him in the Super Juniors. Daz likened this to Salt and Shake. Everyone had something to add, like the little blue bag. So salt and shake, you get a bag of plain crisps and a little blue packet filled with salt and you rip open the packet and put the, the salt in and shake the bag up. So really? what did you think of this four-way match?
0: I mean, why don't they just put the salt on the chips? I, I guess that's my first question. Why would I they guess you a this packet allows
1: you to modify the amount of salt you want on the crisps, like Kota Ibushi. Yeah.
0: Well, we know what we think about that. <laughs> um, I like this match. Um, I guess the criticisms that I had on the singles match with Tiger Mask from last week—they, you know—they they really weren't prevalent here. Um, and again, Tiger Mask could do his shit and then go take a powder out outside the ring and not have to be involved in a lot of nonsense. Uh, I'm, I'm still a big, a big fan of David Starr. I think he's great. Um, I, I like the, I like the match, Joel, but truth be told, I mean I don't know if anybody's winning jobs over this one. I don't know if anybody's walking away with uh, uh, new positions. I wasn't that impressed. I wasn't that thrilled. I thought it was they were good, but I don't know if anybody's walking away and getting a spot at next year's juniors. Uh, best of the super Juniors. The problem is, is, that there's so much talent out there that that would be a hard it would be a hard slot to fill, to be quite truthful. Unless somebody walks away or somebody is hurt or you know is not in in, in the mix any longer. So I, again, I'm going to reserve judgments on anybody winning jobs from this performance. But I thought the match was okay. Um, I didn't think it was great.
1: I would take David Starr in next year's Best of Super jo- Junior's over Flip Gordon personally. I think his character work is. Brilliant. I loved after this match when he started taking a victory lap. Actually, it was several victory laps. He was running rounds and rounds and flipping off the fans and skipping. I thought that was tremendous.
0: Yeah. Um, I think it. he does have one of the best entrances in, in pro wrestling with the with the, the whole uh, ring announcement, you know, uh, the, the laundry list of accolades that he has when he does that. So, yeah. Would um, I want him over flip? I mean, look. I'll be truthful. I haven't seen Flip in, in a little bit, right? Especially you would think Flip would be on these uh, uh, these New Japan shows in the states. Yeah, well, he worked the
1: ROH best in the world against Bully Ray, but uh, no sign of him on this Cow
0: Palace show. Yes. Yeah, you would have th- you would have thought, and and again, he's doing all in, so maybe I am just kind of talking at my behind, but um, yeah, but I want David Starr over Ch- over Flip. Huh? Yeah, probably. I, I'd probably be in agreement for that. I would do that. I would do that flop. I would do that flip-flop, if you will. <laughs> Get it? No? Okay. Good. good. All right. That's good. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well done. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. I feel I feel like my, my comedy chops are a little off today. All right. Well, what else we got? Speaking uh, on of on chops, this, speaking yeah. of chops,
1: there was a uh, Kyle Fletcher had a prime seat at Jay White's New Zealand lamb chop house and he got double double helping here Uh, Jay White defeating Carl Fletcher because Chris Brooks was injured and couldn't work the match. So some input here from our listeners. Kira said, I'd have concerns about Jay White's ability to elevate others to a performance based on that. But then again, his match with Hangman Page was really good. Minty 14 said, "It seemed uh, he, Jay White seemed to be a little looser with his gimmick, possibly embracing the knife pervert meme a little. One thing's for sure, I found him much more compelling in person than I have done to this point. Angus McKinnis at Alphonse0079 uh, said in Manchester, it looked like White enjoyed the crowd cheers too much and active face, which almost cost him the match. And he only won after the, uh, the botched moonsault by Fletcher. So the takeaway, White wants to be liked, but he doesn't have it in to tough out the hard times. So what did you think of this match, David?
0: So I, liked, I actually like um, the idea of Jay White coming into his, uh, not even just coming into his own, uh, and 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 really feeling the gimmick i feel like his something in the past month or or especially these shows and what we'll see at the the Cow Palace show there there's a there is a switch that pardon the pun here there has a switch that has been flicked here i don't know what it was i don't even know what it is but there is a confidence or a a, an understanding of who he wants to be and what he wants to be, and that I, I guess I, I, it comes from experience in doing what he's doing. Or, but I'll tell you what, it, it it was noticeable on these Rev Pro shows, and and especially this this Cal Palace show, where there is some some kind of light that has been flicked on him, and and the connection that he has with this character and this and the fans. Um, and I and I really have seen it in the past. Again, it feels like the past month. Um, I can't exactly put my finger on what exactly it is, but there is something there that where he's taking this to another level. Um, and that other level is pretty fucking great. I'm, I'm going to be truthful. Um, Rev Pro shows were great. Cal Palace's performance was great. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with a new found confidence or a new found. way of thinking that is bringing him um, more... Again, I use more confidence a lot, but that's really what I get, more confidence from him.
1: Yeah, I I felt that too. Um, I've been on the the switchblade bandwagon for a bit longer than you, I think. We'll talk about him more for the Cow Palace. I think that's where he really shone, but I really enjoyed this match, and particularly the botch at the end. I don't know if it was a botch or if it was intentional, but it reminded me a bit of the Japan versus Belgium World Cup match where Carl Fletcher was Japan, so the underdog, but having the game of his life, the match of his life, and doing everything right, and managing to get into a position where victory is in his sights, but then in the last second, just making one small mistake, one error that the more experienced Jay White, or in this case, in the case of my analogy, Belgium was able to capitalize on and punish them for, and cost him um, his moment of glory. Uh, does liken this match to bacon frazzles leaving a lasting flavor and memory so yeah i also really enjoyed this match and kyle fletcher took a hell of a beating his chest was looking like hamburger meat by the end of it
0: yeah he did and you know who was really good during this match was kevin kelly um and and, and helping to kind of paint that picture of it was just one mistake and it was just one slip up um that that cost him the match on a on a on a on a maneuver that he's, apparently he's done hundreds of times um yeah, so I thought he really actually uh, shined in this match as well, was Kevin Kelly. I really liked this match a lot. I thought this match was was, was um, one of the better ones on the show. Um, and I think, like I said, there's something – I'm really starting to turn the corner on that Jay White. I really am. And, again, I'm always late to the party. But there's something There's something that's happened. And, and, and again, maybe under a more watchful eye that I'll have, we'll be able to pick that up exactly what that is. But – um, you could see it in the past month where he's kind of turning a corner on this.
1: Okay, next match we've got Zack Sabre Jr. to defeat Kazuchika Okada. So are you enjoying robeless, beltless, sleeveless t-shirt,
0: high-fiving babyface Okada? Uh, balloons? You ever got balloons? <laughs> life life is balloons. What's that all about? Why uh, are the balloons? I don't know. I'm going to be truthful. I don't know what it means. I don't know what the significance of the balloons are. But he, it's, it's weird. It is a stripped-down punk rock um, you know, raw boned Okada. It's you know, you, listen, this could all be just that. You know, the 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 main jacket, this, the 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 purple and the and the gold and the and the maybe that's just in the dry cleaners right now. Right? You know, he did wear that out there in the rain and it might have got a little damaged. So maybe he's just uh, getting it cleaned up a little bit. Um, uh, so he's looking for that new look. But yeah, I mean, the 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 t shirt. The, the 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 red long boys, as we like to call them, I tell you what does there are a lot of similarities between his look and Jay White's look a little bit more, right? They're, they look like they're kind of melding in 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 uh, into one person here uh, between the two, Do you, which leads me to a question: Would you be would you hand wave the idea or the notion? of Okada versus Jay White for at the dome
1: not for the title but i could definitely see it in a high profile singles match maybe for one of the other titles or just as a grudge match
0: yeah um i mean i i know everybody talks about the 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 faction and chaos and gaining control of that and and okada kind of losing his steam and Jay white kind of manipulating his way in and all that stuff but i really kind of feel like that these little subtle clues and these little subtle hints are 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 what we're leading to here all right good um okay yeah i don't know what the balloons mean i don't know what the significance of the balloons are but again the the best thing way i can describe it is is they, this is a stripped down um i'm going to try something new cuz i lost everything and um um i'm going to burn the candle both ends Okada, as opposed to um, the normal, cocky, making it rain kind of guy.
1: Okay, we had a lot of input from our listeners here, obviously, for a, a high-profile match like this. A couple of people pointing out how Zach had learned more of Okada's moves and counter brain makers and the elbow drop and the drop kick with various submissions. Uh, ben G said, uh, Zach beating Okada was the loudest reaction I've heard live. David Styles stood behind me, losing his mind when Zach pinned Okada. Dad said, this is like chilly heatwave Doritos, it blows you away. Uh, Lee Henderson says, "Is Okada winning the G1, or even having a good run, turning his fortune around too quickly?" Uh, Murdoch at Skeleton Frame says, "Do you think this is a humbling period for Okada to bring him closer to the hearts of the Japanese audience?" I don't know anything about that demographic, but do you think the cocky winner persona was getting worn out in a culture of humility? And asked also about the possibility of a, a Zack Sabre Jr. singles title run. Again, uh, another question along those lines. At Mister United 2018, how far will NJPW push Zach? Is he a possible heavyweight champion? Uh, absolutely love the show. Keep up the terrific work. Well, thank you very much. Uh, P.S.A. is coming home. Uh, at the Subtle Doctor, why is Zack Saber Jr. so cavalier with the Rev pro belt? He seems to just discard it after the ref handed it to him at both Strong Style of All shows, dropping it and leaving it in the ring rather than carrying it out. Is this a character thing, or does he not respect their titles? So, what did you think of the match overall and the? prospects going forward for Okada and for Zack Sabre Jr.?
0: One, I th- I, th- I love the match, and I think the match uh, will, will be talked about when it comes to uh, match of the year type things. Um, I, I was in the high fours with this. I saw some people that weren't as high on it, um, which kind of surprised me. Um, I, here's what's really significant, is the fact that Name me the people in you know, the past five years who have gotten a pinfall win over Okada. I mean you can count them on one hand. Well also it's, let's it's, let's
1: look at this from another angle. Sorry to interrupt, but let's look at the people that Zack Saber Jr. has beaten this calendar year in singles yeah. action clean in the middle of the ring. So he's beaten Naito, he's beaten Ibushi, he's beaten Sonata, he's beaten Tanahashi, and he's beaten Okada. That's not a coincidence.
0: No, it certainly isn't. I mean, now he's. <laughs> I mean, he, you, you how can you n- not think of him as a main player in this promotion at this point, right? I, it, you don't, people just don't get pinfall wins in a singles match against Okada. I mean, you know, okay, Omega. Right. Obviously we we know where he is in the company. Um evil. Naito. E- well that's the one. That was that's the one where it's like, okay, evil, okay, but you know, but people remember that,
1: right? But also that they, they, comes with the caveat that it was at the end of a very grueling G one run.
0: So I think you need to take that one into context. Well, right, right. But and, and it and it makes sense. But here's the thing too. Again, it wasn't like we were sitting here saying you know where I go into my uh, my uh, you know my loss of of words and, and I can't remember shit. My short term memory blows out, and I can't remember who it is. We had no problem saying yeah, it was evil, right? We know the names of the people that Okada loses to because it doesn't happen often. It's significant when it does, and for and and, and you know not for nothing. That's all I heard about was him getting pinned. And, and, and Zach getting the win. Um, so I think that that is a huge, significant thing. And I think there's something to be said about this too, Joe, That the fact that it did happen on a Rev Pro show. Right? The fact that it didn't happen at a uh, Sakura Genesis. Or it didn't happen at, uh, you know, Dominion. Or it didn't happen at uh, uh, wherever. Right? It happened... In a promotion that is not New Japan, even though there is a working relationship. Okay, so to me, this match and the match that followed is really significant in the sense of look, not to change courses here and 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 kind of take the ship somewhere else, but I think it is a very significant thing that the troops, shall we say. Are being, uh, uh, you know, they're 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 being assigned, and the uh, the marching orders are in place, and the and England is the place where a big battle is taking place between the WWE alignments and the New Japan alignment, and we're picking sides, and we're picking promotions, and we're having. Interworkings and interweavings, and it really feels like Rev Pro uh, just uh, just stepped up the game a little bit to say, okay, well, I can't use certain wrestlers now, and and we can't use talent because they're going to go over here and they're going to get signed. Okay, we need to show our strength and our promotion, and we're going to put on a couple of shows that are not only going to be great shows, but they're going to be highly significant shows in the world of pro wrestling because now the battle lines have been drawn. And now, we, now we're now we in a fight, and now we're going to see who's who's going to come out on top.
1: So speaking of a big fight and see who comes out on top, our main event, we've got Minoru Suzuki defeated Tomohiro Ishii for the RevPro British heavyweight title. Uh, there were some really good, cool things about this match that I enjoyed, like the commentary dropping out for the strike exchange, where they just mm. stopped speaking and let those meaty sounds of those guys forearming each other in the face and smacking each other in the face ring out amongst the crowd Um, for me Ishii's is just the ultimate underdog babyface, his selling, his facial expressions were just on point here as they always are Um, we had some points here from listeners, um, Sean said how Suzuki made the crowd cheer before he would go for the final gotch pile driver like he's only going to take the match home if we roar Daz says this is like Walker's Max strong wasabi. Hard hitting and leaves a mark. Uh, does Suzuki deserve an IWGP heavyweight title run? New Weed at Death Roll BJJ says, who will be the next opponent for Suzuki now that he's the British champion? Any chance Zack Sabre Jr. turns on him at some point? I love them as a tag team, but would also be into a feud for control of suzuki Goon. And an interesting uh, bit of information from Alan 4L that Walter was actually trained by Ishii in the Choshu Dojo, looking at some of the matches that are coming up next. So what did you think about this match?
0: Loved it. Great. I mean, it's Suzuki and Ishii, right? So you you know what you're getting. It's going to be great, and it was. Once again, though, let me just hammer home the point. We have two New Japan Pro Wrestling wrestlers in a ring in a singles match for Rev Pro's Heavyweight Championship. I don't think that that is... That, that these facts should go past people I mean with progress having a working relationship with other promotions with you know with with the with the uh, world of sport thing that's going down right there is a lot there is a there, listen we got to get on the Brit rest uh, podcast right we got to discuss these ramifications because again there's I really feel like the, the, this is not a mistake this is a calculated move on Rev Pro's part to say okay, we have two guys, two of the more popular guys, uh in New Japan fighting over our heavyweight title, right? And we had a significant match with Zack Sabre Jr. and a, and a, and a guy who doesn't lose in Okada and and we see him taking a fall. That's that's buzzworthy. That's the, that they're doing these things intentionally. And here's the thing, the fact that that New Japan allows it has me leading to believe that Again, there's more to this. There's absolutely more to this than uh, just a two great wrestling shows. There's um, this is significant. This is a significant moment in how the, the landscape of British pro wrestling how it fares out. I really truly believe that. Yeah, I definitely think you're onto something there.
1: Um, overall, it's a fantastic show, wasn't it? Um, our Listeners agree. The people that were there live, Minty fourteen said both crowds were great throughout, gave everyone a great reception. Okada and Suzuki were the real megastars, and the arena's erupted for both. The atmosphere and extremely good gates. So I'm hopeful will make it likely that New Japan see the value in running shows over here. Fingers crossed we'll get some even bigger events in future. Overall, I think every single person went home very happy, and these shows will definitely go down as a success. Uh, Daz asks "Do you think the success of these shows in the UK could see an NJPW standalone show on these shores?" Ben M. at Kato underscore Kuhn says, considering how much of a success they have been, do you think we'll see more large shows in the UK? If so, when do you think it could happen? And would a third night in another city be something the higher-ups might consider? Uh, Scotland would be nice. So what do you think about the prospect of more stuff in the UK?
0: I think it's a definite. I I can't imagine it not being. I, I can't imagine that there not being a New Japan pro wrestling show in, in the UK. Yeah. Uh, um, I, again, I know that the, it, it's, it's a, maybe a little bit easier from a cost perspective to, you know, just use RevPro Pro stuff. Right. But I think that you'll have upgrades of production and upgrades of stuff. Um, uh, without, without question. I mean, I think the UK is, if not, you know, one A on their list, and it's a it's super high number two on their list when it comes to New Japan behind the United States. Uh, I don't think there's any question about that. And 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 here's the other thing: I think the WWE thinks the same thing too. I mean, literally right now, it is a game of risk that is going on. It is it is we're taking over countries. The pro wrestling world uh, is really coming down to two armies. And we're having our little sub-armies, and, our, and, and but that's really what it's coming down to. And 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 you can see it being played out right in front of us as we speak. So, yes, you, yes, I, I think there's no doubt about the fact that you will be seeing more New Japan stuff in the UK without question.
1: Okay, we've got a question here from Daz. Which of the non-NJPW guys impress you the most, and who would you like to see them against in NJPW?
0: I think the easy answer is Walter, right? Um, he, he he's always impressed the size and and what he can do in the ring, and I think that uh, I think he you know especially from these shows and if not his past performances in Pro Wrestling Guerrilla, and WXW, he, he'll he'll be he'll be in New Japan sooner than later. That's for sure. I I can't imagine it. David Starr. I'd lo- I'd love to see David Starr. I'm, I'm with you on this one, Joel. Maybe you know a uh, a. Uh, 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 best of the super junior, even the tag. That'd be great. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I think those two are the easy picks, right?
1: Yeah, I think so. Um, what about other guys, guys like Aussie open, El Fantasma. Yeah. Anyone else stood out?
0: Yeah. I mean, I think to a certain degree, um, Aussie open, I think have, um, and again, giving them the, that nice match against Jay White certainly didn't hurt. Um, Look, I, I I know that the, all these shows kind of feel for a lot of those guys. I don't want to say they're tryout matches, but they 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 kind of are. They're in a spot. they the eyeballs are on them. I'm sure Ghetto's peeking through the the curtain, taking a look. He's getting feedback from the guys that he, that he, that you know they wrestled that he trusts that give positive feedback or negative feedback. Um, yeah. I mean, I think uh, here's the problem. You got a pretty big fucking roster right now. So squeezing them in and finding them a spot might be difficult, right? But if we're talking about running more shows in the UK and we're talking about uh, having more opportunities here in the States, some of these guys are going to get jobs and it might be something along the lines of a developmental, you know, in the UK or a developmental in uh, the United States, right? We we already we already have talked about developmental in the United States and and kind of California being the new Japan territory. So, listen, I think the future is going to be very telling when it comes to a lot of this stuff, um, especially when it comes to talent, right? And, and options and New Japan's strategy moving forward in the United States and UK, absolutely.
1: So, at halftime in this podcast, we have another quick round of What's More Likely, uh, brought to you by Reddit user dnmt. So, um, quick fire Damon, Hiroki Goto winning the heavyweight title at any point in his career or Shinsuke Nakamura returning down the line and winning the Intercontinental title for a sixth time?
0: Shinsuke Nakamura returning.
1: NJPW drawing 55,000 to a dome show. Uh, 43,000 total attendance last year, or NJPW drawing over 10,000 to a show in the U.S.?
0: Over 10,000 in the U.S.
1: Kazuchika Okada winning the 2018 G1, or Okada not winning the 2018 G1?
0: I don't think he wins it. I, I really don't. I, speaking of which, I still got to do my pickums. um I still haven't done that, so but I will do that this this week. I promise uh, crossing my heart on that one, um, so I'm going to go no. I don't think Okada wins this. He's not my pick.
1: Taji Ishimori winning the junior title or El Desperado winning the junior title.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, and I, I, I know we're going to be talking about the, this Cow Palace show, and there might be some <laughs> some news on that. Um, I'll go Ishimori.
1: Sammy Sammy Callahan coming back to NJPW or Walter wrestling in Japan for NJPW? I
0: don't think Sammy Callahan's coming back. Um, I'll leave it at that. Okay,
1: this next one uh, Shota Umino becoming the next ace or Hirobi Takahashi becoming the next ace?
0: Uh, I don't know, or Takahashi, neither. uh, Well, right now, Umano, I'll go (laughs) because. But we'll talk later, but um, yeah.
1: All right. Lastly, this one's a bit confusing David Finley in the 2019 G1, or there being a G2 tournament of mid carders where the winner gets a spot in the G1?
0: Neither are likely to happen, but um, I'll go with Finley. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on Finley? Give me, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you feel about the David Finley?
1: At the beginning of the year, I was about a three on David Fidley. I knew he could work, but the character and the look did nothing for me. But I feel that the feud with Switchblade JY White elevated him and his association with Juice Robinson and the tag teaming that they did also lifted him up to the point where I would say he is a six.
0: Okay, so what's his ceiling? What's his ceiling?
1: Probably a Yoshihashi role. So at best, I think he can hope for regular entry in the G1 if he's lucky. But I cannot see him being a person that they put a singles title on.
0: Okay, fair enough. Let me ask you this. Again, he needs a new look, a new coat of paint, a new style, a new something. We all say it. Nobody complains about his in-ring work, right? Nobody complains about what he can do in the ring. It's all about a look, a style, whatever, uh, an image, a package, fine. If everyone's saying that, why would he stick with the same fucking thing? Like, come on, just change it up. Just sit for on a weekend. Go to Mexico is really what he needs to do. <laughs> he needs to just go to Mexico and get drunk and high out of his mind. Um, have like a, the problem like a is, you know, rest- know
1: what? He's too similar to Juice. Uh, really, and Juice Robinson is like a more. I think Juice Robinson is a more interesting, and more charismatic version of David Finley because they're both kind of the laid-back, fun-loving American dude, but Juice right. is a lot better at that and more interesting than David Finley.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. I I, I can see that. Um, yeah. But and then he went through like this whole like mountain man thing where he he, he was you know looked like War Machine's younger brother, um, and yeah, it just. I I just – that's the one thing I just don't understand is it's not your in-ring ability, dude. It's the fact that, like, it's the package and the look and the feel. Now, look, it's not like – I'm sure he's not just sitting there in a locker room, not coming up with creative ideas and going to the brass and be like, hey, why don't we do this, or why I can do this, or I'm thinking I might do this. You know, I'm sure that's been discussed, but, again, it just seems like it's the same – stale bread that we see every year in and year out and it doesn't seem like it's that difficult of a fucking fix i don't know weird all right there's there's our david finley talk for the day all right where are we going now are we going to we going to san francisco right. or what are we doing?
1: yeah we're going to san francisco let's talk about this cow palace g1 special uh Stefano at Steven's underscore twelve asked, did this show do enough to switch the negative narrative that
0: surrounded the pre-event chatter about attendance numbers? Hmm. What was do we know an, an attendance number? I saw a number of like sixty-five. Am I am I off base? Yeah, I saw six thousand three
1: hundred and thirty-three.
0: Okay. Well, if we're looking at that, just taking that number, and we're talking about a pro wrestling promotion that's not the, w- the WWE. That's not a bad number, right? That's that's actually a pretty good number. The problem is, is that our expectations were ten thousand, you know, or you know, nine thousand, eight thousand, not six thousand, right? So I think our expectations were. After Long Beach, after how quickly things sold out, how quickly things moved, and the, and the energy and the buzz that surrounded it, everybody was worried because one, the tickets didn't move as quickly as as they did previously, right? And it's not that New Japan is not a hot product by any stretch of the imagination. Do I think that there might have been a little bit of a burnout? How quickly they did come back? Yes. Two, there was no announcement of a card. There was no announcement of a show. It was just New Japan's coming back, and here are tickets. Um, Three, I think, again, we talked about it a little bit, how how that San Francisco area might not be a a wrestling hotbed, right? Even with all that being said, and yes, there were empty seats in that arena, right? I saw pictures. I've saw people. I know people who were there. Um, I talked to people who were there, uh, and I saw it on TV. And listen, a a, a place like New Japan, I'm going to be very truthful. If that place were packed to the gills, Joel, that that arena would be lit up like a Christmas tree. That, that you would see every nook and cranny of that arena, right? They did the old darken the arena because we got a lot of empty seats gimmick, right? Up up, you know, maybe not the floor sections, but. There are plenty of pockets of areas where there were no bodies. Um, and if and that wouldn't have been the case if, if that place were were filled to the gills. Um, but even with that being said, I really think in this day and age of, of in pro wrestling that that number is a very respectable, good number. And one of the largest for a non-WWE pro wrestling event in the United States. You can't fucking hand wave that. That's a good job by them. I think expectations, though, were that it would be a little bit higher. So that's where people are a little bit down.
1: Okay, I wonder if there are some people who didn't go to this show who were sitting on the fence and decided not to, who watched it and thought, you know what, that was a really good show. I wish I'd gone to that. Next time, I will have faith in NJPW, and if they come over here, I'm going to buy a ticket, even if they haven't announced the card. Do you think there'll be enough people like that to make a difference next time?
0: It depends on where they run. Again, it seems like, you know, they have this fascination with the West Coast. If they ran, Joel, I'm telling you right now, if they ran Philadelphia, they would, get a, they would get a great house. If they ran New York, they would get a great house. If they ran Chicago, they would get a great house. I guarantee it. I think a lot has to do with, listen, their fan base are Travelers. Right? We're hardcore. The people that listen to this fucking nonsense. We're hardcore fans. Right? We're not casuals. Now, casuals help fill buildings, but we know it's we know that we will travel to see a good show. That's okay. But they gotta be smart about that. Right? And you know. People don't have the money to do this, right? They don't have the money to travel, so sometimes they get, they got to pick their spots. You know, they got to pick their spots better. I think they're really over relying on the West Coast. Truth be told, and I know they have the school there, and I know cost. I, is it really that much cheaper to fly people from Tokyo to to Los Angeles than Tokyo to New York? Because, cause I, I mean, I've looked on well, Expedia. I've tried to save a penny. I didn't really think it was that much of a of a, of a savings, to be truthful. Um, I don't know. I just think they, they, they need to broaden their horizons and, and get to different audiences. Because I, I really don't think they would have trouble selling out. It wouldn't even be a question of, of trouble selling out if they were in a New York, a Philadelphia, a Chicago, or something like that.
1: I think Voices of Wrestling hit the nail on the head when they said, in terms of these attendance numbers they are not high enough and not low enough for anyone to have any real hot takes about it so it's sitting in that comfortable spot in the middle where you just think eh, yeah that's
0: okay and you yeah, can't but it's really... better than okay it's better than okay right right i mean it is i mean it's i mean listen if if you know i i understand the wrestling is becoming hot again right and and the the the, the fandom is growing again and, and the independence you know you know all in sells out uh, you know 10,000 seats in in 30 minutes and all that and that's that's really the bar that's being set for the popularity of a product but again let's talk about where this is let's talk about the promotion that these people are doing i mean listen i know a bit more about what you know the the the, 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 the all in show than i did about this cow Palace show for the longest time um I think being in Chicago plays a huge factor it's it's a that's a hotbed pro wrestling city right now um, and people can travel easier to these to that than than I mean you already have a hotbed in Chicago right and then let's just say that you do have people in Los Angeles or the West Coast that they can fly in it's a three hour flight no big deal right same thing on the East Coast no big deal three hour flight we're in right? You know, as opposed to a six hour flight and a hotel and a lodging and all that, you know, costs add up. Um, I can't, I can't, you know, I could go to, I could, I literally, I could fly to Chicago three hours, land, get somebody to eat, hang out, go to a show, maybe one hotel night, and, and go home. I theoretically, like I could do that. I could drive to Chicago if I really wanted to. I can't drive to fucking San Francisco. Be impossible. Twelve hour drive? Yeah, I can do that. A a four day drive? I can't fucking do that. So again, it's it it is a logistics thing. But no, I think the the number that you said is a good number. It's a solid number. You know, there's not many other shows that are doing that. But again, all in set the bar, um, and that's where we got to go with now.
1: Okay, well, let's get into the actual details of the show itself. Let's talk about the commentary. We had a comment from Best Joel in London who said, Is JR's commentary bad enough to consider it a conspiracy from Uncle Paul? Called competition on access and you get to call the odds maybe match. Uh, Scott at I am not Jonah Hill didn't have a question for us, but he just says, Please bury JR and Barnett. And at the girls Homino says, Did Josh Barnett just bury the product before going off the air? Quote, unquote, this isn't the strong style I remember. Fuck you and JR for spending the show acting pissy and forgetting moves and names. Three years doing shows and still can't be bothered. Hashtag music Damon mad. So people are pretty upset with the commentary, Damon. Where do you stand on this?
0: I, it's not like we didn't know that was going to happen, right? What would you think? There was going to be a massive improvement, people? What do you think? JR was going to sit there with his uh, Chris Charlton book and reread? What do you think? He was going to, uh, you know, have a have his notes and he. you know he, What do you think he's watching? Uh, old dome shows. I don't. Uh, come on. But you know this they they commentate on this product so often, doing this access TV
1: show stuff that you'd think by sheer repetition that they would remember what Bushy's name is, for example. Or are my expectations too high there.
0: Uh, yeah, at, at this point in the game, they are like he's not going to be the guy that's going to. He's not, you know, Kevin Kelly. He's not uh Ronaldo. It's it's that's not you, you got you got you got tired uh repetitive cliched Jim Ross. That's that's what you've got. It I mean, I had zero expectations. Zilch cuz uh, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get oh, what, what athleticism? <laughs> you know what I mean like the same I don't know. it seemed
1: it seemed worse on this show it seemed like he actively dislikes the product which is something that I suspected before but it didn't really come across as strongly but today by the time we got to the end of it I just got the impression from his tone and his d- delivery and the things he was saying that this is a
0: man who hates New Japan Pro Wrestling I don't know if he hates New Japan Pro Wrestling but I'll tell you this he doesn't watch it he's like a, he's only gonna watch it if he gets a check right that's it. And here's the thing. It's Access TV that he has this deal with. It's Access. Access is paying him. You think he's watching New Japan Pro Wrestling in his home on a, on a on a Wednesday night catching up on Rev Pro shows? Come on. That ain't happening unless unless somebody's paying him to do it. Right? He's not a fan. Like he like he's not a fan. That's that's a key. Like he is a Old school pro wrestling involved, and, and and I'm in the business, and this is what how I make my living, and all that. Blah 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 blah. But to call him a fan, that is a fucking stretch, a stretch. Okay, but, and we've established that we we know all of this. My point then
1: is, why is it still happening? Is there because he a contract higher up listening to this? Right. That's it. And how long no, is that, that for? Do you know? <laughs> how long until we sh- can get rid of him, basically? <laughs> or do you think <laughs> They'll we'll buy him out just because he draws
0: the casuals in? But does he? I, I can't imagine people are watching a show because they hear Jim Ross's voice. That that don't watch pro wrestling. You mean to tell me that anybody is 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 sitting home on a Saturday night just to hear Jim Ross's voice? Who fucking does that? What, what me? Staying home to listen to Jim Ross's voice. No one. I hope no one. There's no one. There's no one that said, uh, you know what? Hey guys, we're gonna go to the bar, and you know, uh, we got a couple friends and a couple girls from work are coming over." Ah, uh, nah, I, dude, I, I can't. Oh, what? You're, you're what's going on? Oh, I would. I, I need to hear Jim Ross. I'm sorry, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I need to hear Jim Ross. I need to hear his voice. I need to hear a soothing voice. I need to hear athleticism 750,000 fucking times. No one's saying that. No one. Look, there's a contract that is signed. I believe it is, what, a year, at least another year, right? They just renewed. They just renewed him. People know the name. They do know the voice, okay? But I don't think that that draws new people in. And I can't imagine it keeping people there because he stinks, he fucking stinks. I'm tired. I can't. Again, do some fucking homework. Again, I'm getting riled up over it. He's not a fan. That's really what it comes down to. He's just not a fucking fan of the product. So that comes across in the broadcast. It, it just does. And, and and even though Kevin Kelly gets a paycheck, and even though Marino gets a paycheck, it, it, the passion for what he they do comes across. And, that, and truth be told, Joel, I swear to you, that's the only reason I really feel like sometimes that people listen to us because we're fans and we're passionate about it. And we may not be right all the time with our opinions and our opinions might be fucking out there but at least we have fucking opinions and we have feelings and we have emotions and we care and we deliver it when you sit there and you go through the goddamn emotions it comes through the microphone sorry i'm not a fan i think he stinks i think he's been relying on his uh, past work and let's be truthful his best work was was mid-south uwf right not even not even not even a question right so it's been what 20 30 fucking years But okay, great. I'm tired of it. I'm just sick of it. Enough of it. All you're going to get from this is the same tired thing. If you expect anything else on the next show, you're going to be disappointed. I went into this show knowing full well what was going to happen. It didn't bother me at all because I knew. Listen, if he's not going to put in any effort into it, nor am I. I'm perfectly fine with it. Whatever. It'll end soon, and maybe we'll be done with it. Here's
1: the thing, I can forgive him not being a fan of the product and not researching every last detail, but just have some professional pride. Take pride in the job that you are getting paid to do because I don't understand how he could not hear that and see the feedback and not be humiliated because his reputation is just going down the toilet at this point. It's just It was constant throughout this show and it kind of detracted from my enjoyment from it until I began to embrace it As The fact that it was so bad that it was good and it actually, I I thought, helped the J.Y. Juice Robinson match we're we're going to talk about later. But for the rest of it, you're right, it was awful. It was really, really awful. He just constantly mispronouncing things and then correcting himself a few minutes later in an exaggerated pissy tone. It it nearly ruined the show for me. And I think next time I'll be sorely tempted to listen to the Japanese commentary were it not for the fact that like it's car crash stuff. I, there's almost part of me that feels compelled to listen to it, but just how very, very bad it is.
0: It again. I I don't even necessarily have too much issue with mispronunciation because, truth be told, I'm probably pretty bad at it as well. Right? There's been plenty of times where I've mispronounced things, and yeah, and, like I said, it's it, not even the an simplest attitude. of English words. Yes, that's what it is. It's that. Like, yes, that, that to me is shit. Like you're, you're above it. You know what I mean? Like I'll tell you, I, I, one of the greatest, and again, we put over Kevin Kelly a lot, but one of the greatest things that, that, you know, was, you know, I sat there and I, on, on this very show and, and, and laid the boots to him and, and he responded back and taking that, that, that criticism that we had at the time. And and turning it into a positive. And trust me, I was not pleasant um, in dealing with in, in delivering that criticism. I was very vocal and very passionate and very, but I told the truth. I told what I thought. You're not going to get that from Jim Ross. Jim Ross is not going to respond to this show or any show and be like, hey, you know what? I hear you. I'm going to take that and, and work on that. There's, there's nothing Jim Ross is going to work on when it comes to the broadcasting of a prof- professional wrestling match in 2018 that's done you're getting what you're getting
1: all right well let's move on then uh stew on asks would you say this is the most njpw us show we've had so far it felt like that to me especially with the production um personally the production it was okay but the camera work was pretty bad they missed a lot of spots but what would you say in terms of presentation
0: yeah they missed spots and and it's that's always a fear when they use the, the the local camera crews right and the local production and the local because again I I don't believe that they bring in every you know camera guy and every you know key grip or uh, you know every guy you know running cable or or what have you. Um, so w- when that happens, yeah, they don't know where to be for it to catch the spots. They get missed, and and again I said it before that it is glaring when that happens because it doesn't happen often on standard new japan shows um did this feel like a new japan show to me um yeah i mean more than the 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 video game mashup show right um yeah it, it did it, it it did um and and i think it gets better each time um it still feels like, like like it it does to me still feel like an american show and i think the crowd has a lot to do with that and The one thing that I hate about the production, and and this is a a pet peeve of mine with all broadcasted shows, is when they feel the need and they over feel the need to do uh, camera shots of the crowd. Oh, and and watching people cheering into the camera while a match is going on. Like it will just cut away with this, this random shot of people watching a match. And then they know they're on camera, and then they have to stand up and be, ah, look at us, number one. It's just like, ugh, why Why, why do we need to do that? I hate that fucking camera shot. That's that's really where I see the difference, because you don't see that in the, in a New Japan broadcast, right? Um, but you do see that a lot when with these access TV shows, because they think, oh, it's pro wrestling, and this is how it should be shot. And, you know, it's just like Hulk Hogan and Jimmy Snooker and all that stuff. So, all right. Uh, I even I found like a...
1: the the, the pre match packages, the little video packages uh, summing up the feuds. I found them quite jarring because that's something I don't associate with NJPW, and I, I don't know if they necessarily enhance my enjoyment of it. How did you feel about the, the pre match promo?
0: I didn't mind it that much. I thought that uh, I thought they were fine. I, the little uh, um, you know summarizing of the feuds. I thought they were actually okay and pretty well done. Um, all things considered um no i i what 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 do you think was the biggest flaw that 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 they had for you
1: that it made the show go a lot longer than it would have normally that's oh, what okay. i enjoy about new japan shows that it's just match 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 bang 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 no messing around no time wasting and you get through it
0: it was just the one it, 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 the one in intermission that one seemed like it went on forever that intermission felt like it went on forever um yeah how do you feel about intermissions personally i don't think they're necessary like having I. attended to wrestle
1: Kingdom 12 and dominion which were long shows at no point did i think oh i need a little rest here because when the matches are good enough i just want to see the next one
0: yeah now i hate intermissions i mean i, I mean pff, intermissions are money grabs you know what i mean um especially on independent shows um Nah, I'm not a big fan of them. I, I I I don't I don't need them. I don't I don't need to see them. I'd I'd rather them go away. I mean, again, I understand why they're there, but I I don't think we need them. And and again, on a show like this, it's just like, oh Christ! Why? Truth be told, I fast-forwarded right through it. So, I you know I just saw that it was on. I was like, oh, fine. I'm not wasting my time here. I gotta I gotta do a podcast in in, in an hour.
1: <laughs> Come on. Well, look, I I had to wake up at. Around 4 am this morning, because the thing that you have to do when you're in Bagan is see the sunrise. You find a good spot high up, like you know, climb on top of a, a temple or something and watch the sunrise. So mm-hmm. I went to do that and then came back, had breakfast about 6:30 a.m. And at that point the show started live on AJPW World, so I started watching it then. So I tell you, by the time that final match was rolling around, I was nearly dead. So I did not appreciate the packages. I did not appreciate the intermissions. Um, Did you notice a split between NJPW fans and Bullet Club slash Elite fans?
0: There is. I mean, and you can see that in just about any independent show or any pro wrestling show you see in the United States. Um, there are people that just like Bullet Club, and they like you know the T-shirt, and it's black, and it's you know, and they're cool, and and that's that. But they couldn't, they don't necessarily even follow the product. Um, you know, I don't want to sound gatekeepery. I don't want to be gatekeeper, Damon. But you know, you, the first Long Beach show that I went to, you definitely felt that vibe of okay, a lot of. A lot of Bullet Club fans, but are there a lot of New Japan Pro Wrestling fans? Um, I think that is one of the stigmas that maybe All In has as well. And again, especially in the States, there, there definitely can be an argument that Bullet Club, the brand Bullet Club, is bigger than New Japan Pro Wrestling itself. Um, I, I think there, there absolutely is an argument to be made for that. So, um, yeah, I think you, you get that with any... Any New Japan show, at least, you know, the ones that have come over right now, yeah, It's there's a definite feeling of, again, not all of them, but there is that definite feeling of, oh, they're Bullet Club fans. And that's why some people kind of like, oh, okay, you're Bullet Club. Bullet club. Um, it's kind of like a scarlet letter almost. <laughs> right. uh, uh, so, yeah, you, I, I think there's definitely that feel in, in, so far on all these New Japan shows.
1: All right. Well, it was a big night for the Bullet Club opening match. We got Chase Owens, Yudro Takashi, Tangaloa, Tamatonga, and King Haku against the team of Sho, Yo, Rocky Romero, Gedo, and Yoshihashi. Uh, your thoughts on this match, please?
0: Good, good opener. Um, decent action. I like. I, I like what I saw. Look like at that; it was quick. I can't believe that in 2018 we're talking King fucking Haku. But we are. Um, it seems to be a um, a running thing on these cards that Dad gets on the show. Um, I mean, it was an opening match. It was an opening multi-man match that had a lot of pace and a lot of energy and a lot of fire. I don't think that we can sit here. And, and, and you know, it, it, to warm up people for G1, I think it accomplished that goal as well with, with uh, Tama Tamatanga. So... Yeah, and I don't think there was anything bad with it. Nothing nothing to write home about. We'll never talk about this match again in the history of our lives. But yeah, okay. <laughs> it was fine for what it was.
1: All right, second match then. Um, Toriano and Tomohiro Ishii against the team of Zack Sabre Jr. and Minoru Suzuki. Now, here's a question I have.
0: So, we just sat here for a good while talking about the ramifications of Zack Sabre Jr. and him winning over uh, a guy who does not take pinfall losses in singles matches in Okada. We turn around, and lo and behold, who takes the fall, right? After blocking a nut shot, he gets the, the short lariat from Ishii, and then one, two, three. Can, I, can you help me with that? I, what, 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 what happened there? Why, why, why did that happen? How did
1: that happen? My only guess would be that they want Yano to pick up a win going into the G1, but that's to me, that important. It would have well, it would have been more interesting to have them losing because the opening B block match for both guys is Ishii against Yano. So for me, it would have been more interesting to tease some dissension in the ranks of that tag team. Maybe have something going wrong where they're blaming each other to add a bit of oomph behind that opening match. So I would also question. The booking of this match, but again, it's the second match of the show. Like, right? who cares?
0: I mean, but but again, we just talked about how uh, why would why would Zach? I mean, well, Suzuki's probably not going to leave. But I I just don't understand that team losing period when we just we just sat here and and like like that didn't happen. I don't know. Maybe it's just one of those things where you know how like okay so you you're, you're uh, whether it be a sports team or uh, and you're a really good team and you and you usually mow through anybody that's you know below you you're top of the league you're 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 crushing everybody but then you have that one bottom feeder team that for whatever reason that has your number right um you can't beat them and you you're always like, why the fuck do we lose in this nonsense team maybe that's possibly a scenario like that's his achilles heel that's his you know his monkey his his slip on a banana peel loss or and Yano seems can be that guy, right? Yano is perfect to be that that person. He's done it with Tanahashi. He's done it with a million people. That's the only thing I could think of. But I after that pinfall, I was like, what? What was this whole weekend for? <laughs> for, 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 for this to happen? Like to me, it just seems logical that Yano would take the fall. But I, I don't know what the fuck was going on with that decision.
1: Yeah, me neither. Um, let's go on to the next match then. We've got Kashida and Hiroshi Tanahashi uh, losing to the team of Marty Scott and Hangman Page. So we had some new theme music from Hangman Page there. Um, also, this is going to keep coming up, but just little things like they didn't, neither JR or, or Josh Barnett knew the name of Hangman Page's finisher, the Rites of Passage. Uh, I don't know what happened if Barnett was looking it up or was told what it was afterwards. The production issues, they missed the finger snap spot from Marty Scott. Uh, but an interesting note here is that the Japanese commentary were really heavily putting over Hangman Page here. So, uh, what are your takeaways from this match?
0: I mean, we've said it before that, that Hangman Page is a guy that they're going to be leaning on, um, and and leaning on—I don't want to say very heavily, but quite heavily—he's in he's in a prominent role and a prominent position. I I know exactly though that spot that you're talking about with the finger break spot. And they, they, what did they do? They did that annoying take a shot at the crowd. Right. <laughs> and here's the thing, too. The, the people in the crowd, they were doing the old shh thing, you know, so that, you know, you could hear the snap. Um, and, and, and they missed it. Then they fucking missed the spot. So, yeah, I do know that. Um, I, I Again, every time I see him, I think Paige does, does better and better. I enjoy him more and more. So I got no problems with him getting an increased uh, spotlight. No problems with that.
1: Okay, next match we had the never open weight championship Hiroki Goto defeating Jeff Cobb. What did you think about this?
0: Good, not great. Um, I, I thought it was a very good match. Um, I thought I thought Jeff Cobb did tremendous. I thought Goto did well. Um, I would have liked a little bit. It seemed to me that this match, the the finish, kind of I don't want to say came out of nowhere, but it kind of felt like it came out of nowhere. Maybe a little bit rushed. Maybe maybe they should have gotten more time. I don't know. There's something that was was a little bit missing. Um, I like the closing stretch. I think they could do better. I think they would I thought they would have done better, but uh I thought it was a good match and I would probably go in the high threes. I wouldn't quite even go four. I go high threes on this.
1: Yeah, I agree. It seemed like it, it went from point one to point two to point three and then jumped to point five after that. So uh yeah, definitely a bit disappointing. Although, let me ask you this. Do you think Jeff Cobb
0: is overrated? Huh. Um, I, I, I mean, I don't consider him to be like a top 10 wrestler in the world. Um, I don't even think I would put him in the top 20. Um so I don't necessarily think he's overrated. I think he's I think he's good for what he is, um, and, and and I'm sure he can have great matches. Um, as I say that, I'm, I'm, okay, name me a great Jeff Cobb match. Um, uh, he might be he might be considered overrated by some. I can see where people might say that, uh, but I think he's very good. But I wouldn't put him in like top thirty guys. He's a big hawsey kind of guy. Um listen, I'll tell you flat out, I think Michael Elgin's better. Right? And and that if you're if we're gonna compare guys of that cut of that same cloth, um, I do. Um and I, I don't think there's many people that would argue that. Would there be? Would there be arguments of who's better, Jeff Cobb or or Michael Elgin? I think Elgin's better. I can point to
1: more outstanding Michael Elgin matches. I don't know if I can point you to any outstanding Jeff Cobb matches. Are there any Jeff Cobb matches off the top of your head that you could point to and say,
0: this is brilliant, this is
1: Jeff Cobb at his best?
0: Maybe, like, you know, if you're looking at pro wrestling, guerrilla, like, um, I'm sure there's Bola matches. I want to say there was one with uh, Zach or it might be Matt Riddle. Um, Yeah, I mean, he's had... I would probably say there. I mean, he hasn't had one in a New Japan ring yet. Great. Um, But, yeah, I mean, listen, we can go down a laundry list of Michael Elgin, great matches, right? Um, uh, You know, maybe not so many, Jeff Cobb. So, to answer your question, is he overrated? No, he's not overrated by me, per se, but um, I think expectations are high. I think he can deliver. Um, This is really his, his really biggest brightest opportunity to do so and i thought he did, he did he did well he didn't again this wasn't this wasn't the main event of the show right so it's not like he walked out of you know Sakura genesis and people are shitting on a match this match was a good match not great good um it was perfectly acceptable i have no problem with it or do you, you think people were shitting on this online
1: no, I don't think people were shitting on it. I just think people's expectations were a bit high. I thought the match was fine. I was expecting a bit more from it, but I don't really have any major complaints about it. Um, I actually, let's give um, Josh Barnett a bit of praise here. I think he made a good comparison with Gary Albright. Uh, if you don't know who Gary Albright is, look him up, because there's some really spectacular stuff there, particularly his matches with Vader. Um, Cobb was really popular with the crowds, I think, due to his indie work in the area. Um, but uh, overall, this match was fine.
0: Yeah, I thought it was good, a, a solid, not quite for high threes. That's where I would put it. Okay, next match then, IWGP Tag Team Championship.
1: With the Young Bucks defeating Evil and Sonata. Um One thing I noticed, that Evil didn't bring a scythe with him, which uh, I understand he wouldn't do that when he's traveling internationally. I imagine that's a bit of a
0: pain to get through customs. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Right. Yeah, he didn't have. Um, Joel, I thought this match was tremendous. I thought this match was was up there as one of my favorites uh I wouldn't necessarily say it was my favorite but I would put it up there um young bucks are tremendous they are just a tremendous team that deliver every single time that they're out there um again I don't want to harp on the commentary but I thought the commentary was a little bit atrocious here uh look, look at this point I'll give you a I'll give you a pass even though you're getting paid to be the the play by play guy, that you don't know Hangman Page's finisher's name, right? I'll give you a pass. How the fuck in this modern age of pro wrestling, where the maneuver one maneuver of the year in, in uh, the Observer Awards, right? How do you know that's not called a Meltzer Driver? You know what I mean? Like, how does that, how is that possible? in this day and age that he couldn't he didn't say the he didn't say a word once on the, on the finish and that that blew me away like I can't give a pass for that cuz if I fucking know it you know what I mean and I'm terrible when it comes to names of of moves terrible the fucking worst if I know that and he doesn't that's that's inexcusable to me inexcusable
1: yeah I can only agree with you um this wasn't one of the most egregious examples of the commentary during the matches, but it was certainly just added to the list, really. Um, And it was a tremendous match. There were some awesome moments with really carefully planned spots that float brilliantly into each other. They'd obviously, all all four of them, have worked really hard on it. And also, it's worth mentioning, I think this is some of the best selling that I've seen from Sonada when he was in the sharpshooter and he looked like he was on the verge of tapping. And that's something Mm. that I've complained about him in the past, that he doesn't sell with his facial expressions very well but he did a tremendous job here and I thought Evil also stood out he really worked to his strengths here as the muscle in this match which uh, he doesn't always stand out given that they usually work against other big dudes but because he was clearly the largest man in this match I think he really stood out and worked to it well here with the suplexes and the power moves Uh, I also really enjoyed the human centipede spot near the start of the match um I did see some people online get very upset about Evil and Sonata having to sell for uh, and lose to the young bucks. Um More? any Why? any problem with that whatsoever?
0: Zero problem with that. None. They- I think Let the answer is
1: that these uh sorry, these were two established uh New Japan heavyweights. Like we had Sonata challenging Okada early in the year, we had Evil getting pins over Okada last year, but now they are um selling for and losing to you know, quote unquote, jumped up junior heavyweights. So it's not
0: something that I agree with personally, but I just wanted to hear your take on it. Total fucking nonsense. I mean, it, no. I, would, would they have a problem with uh, them s- selling for Kyle O'Reilly? Would they have a problem with them selling for, uh, you know, uh, Kushida? Would they have a problem with them? S- I mean, come on, stop. Stop it with that. That's nonsense. They're heavyweights, they're fine. But I will say this: it it is an amazing and refreshing and wonderful, wonderful thing, where we can sit here and again in 2018, and we can talk about being exciting, unbelievably fun. Uh, you're 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 into it a, a IWGP Tag Team Championship match, right? How great is that? Because for years, how long have I mean? It, how long have we been going on and on and on about oh just do something with this this division to make it ex-. These are tremendous matches uh between these two and you gotta tip your cap to evil and sonata because you know everybody's excited about the Bucks having the championship and, and 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 what possibilities could come of it. The start of this was Evil and Sonata. They helped they helped kinda re-spark and re-energize the tag team scene, heavyweight tag team scene. And now with these Young Buck matches, they're great. And I could watch these matches all day long. So uh, kudos to both those teams. That was was a real good match. And it felt like that was a little bit more American style than they're used to working at. But I think it fit like a glove. And uh, I love the match. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm fours for this one.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I think, like you said, it is refreshing to be in a situation where I'm actively looking forward to the IWGP heavyweight tag team matches on a show rather than dreading them, as I was at certain points last year. Um, Here's a Bushi Lives Matters uh, spooky fact of the week for us. Evil made his debut on the 13th of May, 2011, which happened to be Friday the 13th. And he was also the 13th never openweight champion. So is that a coincidence or is there something uh, sinister afoot there? Who knows? (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to the next match there. We've got uh, Kazuchika Okada and Will Ospreay defeating the team with Tetsuya Naito and Bushi. Um, I don't know if you thought this as well, but to me it seemed like the crowd were absolutely dead for this match. Uh, JR repeatedly getting Bushi's name wrong, which seems to be uh, something that he does quite often. I remember him mixing up Bushi and Evil on a a show they did earlier on in the year. He also made reference to Hiromi Takahashi at some point in this match. (laughs) Uh, I enjoyed Okada doing his scooby-dooby-doo crossbody off the top rope. That's a lot of fun. Um, So we've got a few questions here about Okada and Naito. But first of all, your thoughts on these matches. Because you know what, actually, when you have these tag team matches with a a random pairing from this faction against a random pairing from this faction where there's nothing on the line, I struggle to get involved in them. I, I find them a bit difficult to maintain interest in when I know that there's nothing really at stake.
0: Well, I think I think Naito felt the same way. He, he, I correct me if I'm wrong, but the T-shirts never got removed the entire match. Uh, yeah, it, it. It. I agree. Uh, the talent. In-